Today's show is brought to you by the letter D, as in determination. Nothing in the world takes the place of persistence. Talent will not. Nothing is more common than unsuccessful men and women with great talent. Genius will not. Unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Education will not. The world is full of educated derelicts. Persistence, determination alone are omnipotent, according to Bennis and Nannis in the book Leaders, Strategies for Taking Charge. Welcome to today's show, brought to you by the letter D. What we're going to cover in the podcast today around the topic of determination. Determination is the letter D, L-E-A-D. We're in part of a in the middle of a ten-part series on ten essential skills every new leader must master. And we're happening to use the word leadership as an acrostic. We've covered L-E-A-D. D this week stands for determination. If you haven't listened to the previous podcast, I'd encourage you to go to my directory and check them out. Today we're going to cover what is determination. We're going to talk about courageous leadership and overcoming the resistance. I'll leave you with four action points in case you struggle with the issue of determination and persistence. And I want to remind you, you can call me up in, uh, on the, if you go to my website, hansenzel.com, there's a little button where you can uh, call my Google voicemail and leave me uh, a question. Try to stump Hans. I'd love to get a question from you that I could answer. I'll play your question on air. And if you want to plug your uh, whatever you're doing as part of your call, Feel free, and I'll share what you're doing with the rest of the listeners. As always, the show notes for this podcast are at hansfinzel.com. The letter D stands for determination, or you could say courage, or persistence. Really, really important for every leader to learn. So let's begin by looking at determination. I want to start by telling you a story of a tough time that I went through. You know, last week we talked about accessibility and vulnerability, and I told you about, I always share with you my own struggles in leadership because I think vulnerability is so important. And as I also said last week, you know, failure is part of leadership. We all face tough times. If I ask you to name one or two of your top biggest times of discouragement, what would it be? Maybe some of you are in that right now. My oldest son, Mark is in a period like that where where he works, and uh, you might be in the middle of discouragement. What happened to me is I was betrayed by a good friend. I was the uh, president of an international nonprofit. I had a good friend, a man that I got to know. He's a pastor, and I, I recruited him to become uh, part of my board of directors. Then he became chairman of my board of directors. And then guess what happened? He turned on me. You know, nothing is more painful than the wounds of a friend. He turned on me because of theology and doctrine. Uh, he didn't think that what I was believing was pure enough according to his standards. And oh my gosh, was that painful. He tried to get rid of me. He tried to get the board to get rid of me. And thankfully, after a good period of time, my board supported me and got rid of him instead. And it was sad. It was sad that our friendship ended over that uh, disagreement. But that's what happens sometimes. Friendships end over beliefs, over values, 
over what you think is ethics may or may not be. But, you know, different people have different value systems and expectations. And and the hardest thing about that thing, the reason it was so difficult for me is I couldn't fix it. I'm a fixer. You know, when uh, Donna has something around the house that needs fixing, man, I am on it because I just don't like things to be broken. I hate conflict. And if there is conflict, I want to resolve it. And I think the reason I was so discouraged it took about a year for this thing to play itself out is because I couldn't fix it. Like my son, Mark, he's in a situation that he can't fix. And some of you perhaps are, are living under a burden of things that you can't solve, you can't fix. I'm going to get to a list of those things in just a moment. But I think that's why it can be so discouraging. And uh, for you, I'm not sure what it is that you're going through. But I want to remind you again that failure is often the back door to success. I did a whole podcast on seven of the big failures in my own leadership and lessons I learned from them. And you can go to hansfinzel.com slash 29, just the number 29, and check out that podcast if you want to hear more about the stupid things that I did in my leadership and what I learned about them. Vince Lombardi said, the price of success is hard work, dedication to the job at hand, and the determination that whether we win or lose, we have applied the best of ourselves to the task at hand. Good old Vince Lombardi. Well, in case you're not a football fan, how about cars? I love cars. I love coffee. How about Mario Andretti? Another very, very successful race car driver, in case you don't know that. He says desire is the key to motivation, but it's determination and commitment to an unrelenting pursuit of your goal, a commitment to excellence that will enable you to attain the success that you seek. So many people want success, but just wanting it is no key at all. My good friend Sean Meyer says, you know, we don't get what we want. We really get what we schedule. And uh, let me take a look at your calendar and see your commitments and your determination. And then I'll figure out why or why not you're being successful. So determination, such an important key. And let's unpack that a little bit more. The second thing I want to talk about is courageous leadership because determination requires uh, courageous leadership. I'm going to read that quote again that you heard at the beginning of the show from one of my favorite books on leadership, uh, the book Leaders, the Strategies of Taking Charge by Bennis and Nannis. Nothing in the world takes the place of persistence. Talent will not. Nothing is more common than unsuccessful men and women with great talent. Genius will not. Unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Education will not. The world is full of educated derelicts. <laughs> I love that. Persistence, determination alone are omnipotent. And it reminded me of that quote of our, the E in leadership stands for emotional intelligence. And in that episode, I, I reminded all of you that the soft side is so much better and more important than the hard side. And, and I was reading that quote, I was thinking he's talking about talent, genius, and education. And those things alone are not the key to success and leadership. And all those are the hard skills and the soft skills are emotional intelligence and part of emotional intelligence again the soft skill is courageous leadership 
You know, I was sharing with a group of uh, 50 budding uh, leaders at a group called YWAM, Youth with a Mission, recently, and they asked me to um, share with them about overcoming discouragements and setbacks in leadership. What a great topic. I really enjoyed it. You know, see, let me just say that I believe that leadership, there's a formula for leadership, and there's three ingredients to this formula. It's the leader, the followers, and the situation. And when all three line up perfectly or line up well in a healthy manner, you will have powerful, effective leadership that really works well. Now, any one of these threes can take us out. Any one of these three can take us out. And uh, discouragement could take place because of any one of the three reasons. Again, it's the leader, the follower, and the situation. And toward the end of the podcast, I'm going to share just a little bit about Moses, who I think his greatest problem was he had horrible followers. Great man, terrible followers, tough situation. Now, sometimes it's yourself that is the greatest piece of discouragement. You're struggling yourself. You're your biggest enemy. You are a victim of self-sabotage. And, you know, you've got great followers and you've got a great situation, but you can't pull yourself out of the funk you're in or, or the self-sabotage or the, the addictions. You know, wow. So all three pieces really have are a part of effective leadership. Again, the formula is the leader plus the follower plus the situation equals successful, effective leadership. And any one of those three things can sabotage your leadership, and any one of those three things can cause you great discouragement. And that's why we need courageous leadership. And so I was sharing with these uh, young people. They weren't all young people, but most of them at YWAM are young folks up in Montana. And I just said, let's just for fun, I'd like you to tell me all the, since you asked me to speak on overcoming discouragement, tell me all the reasons why we can get discouraged. What are all the factors that lead to discouragement? I do believe discouragement is one of the biggest factors that take people out, not just leaders, but people in general, make people give up on their dreams, throw in the towel, and maybe right now you're struggling with discouragement. Well, let me just run you through this list, and promise me you won't get disappointed, and I mean depressed as you listen to this list, but here it is. I rattled through it real quickly. Here's the list we came up, the biggest factors that cause us to go into a place of discouragement. Money problems, unmet expectations, conflict, circumstances, failure, illness, lack of vision, a lack of support from my family, relational stress, being misunderstood, lack of a firm foundation in life. In other words, you know, I brought up in a tough situation and I kind of lack a good family background, a lack of good communication, hard times, opposition, comparison, personality, family background, and finally, betrayal, betrayal, just like the story I told at the beginning. All these things can discourage us, and they all have a common solution. I mean, there are things that have to be fixed, and there are things that have to be addressed. But through this, through this, there needs to be courageous leadership. 
I love General Colin Powell. He served four presidents. He was a great general. Uh, some people wish that uh, he would have run for president, uh, but he just didn't want to go into that drama. But General Colin Powell is what I consider to be a great leader. And here's what a couple of his uh, sayings about determination and courageous leadership. Because in the arena in which he served four presidents leading the U.S. military, can you imagine that list I just gave you and the amount of stuff that gets thrown at you that can take you out? Here's what he said. (laughs) One of the principles he lives by is it will look better in the morning. It's an attitude. Another one he said is perpetual optimism is a force multiplier. (laughs) That's real military, but I love it. Perpetual optimism is a force multiplier. And you do need to learn to be optimistic, not pessimistic. Then another principle he said, never get too down or too up. That's a great principle. And finally, a dream doesn't become reality through magic. It takes sweat, determination, and hard work. And that's what I call courageous leadership. Another author that I love that I mentioned in the vulnerability piece last week was Brene Brown. She's a researcher and a storyteller and an author. She writes a lot about vulnerability and about leaders being real and being vulnerable. And she says three things we all need. Uh, And I love this. This is from a psychologist. We all need to belong. We all need to be seen and loved, and we all need bravery. And that bravery piece is courageous leadership. She says, I need to embrace failure. Again, like I said last week, in case you didn't hear that show, there is no way we can isolate or insulate ourselves from failure. That's impossible. The question is, how will we do as we go through failure? She was uh, sharing the story about a venture capitalist that she had heard speak about who is it that they give their millions of dollars to. And he says, I never want to fund anyone that has a death fear of failure because failure is the key to all innovation. I only fund people who have a lot of failure on their resume. That's cool. Bravery, courageous leadership. So we've talked about determination and we've talked about courageous leadership. In just a moment, we'll talk about overcoming the resistance. In case you're new to my show, Leadership Answer Man, I want to get just a, tell you just a little bit about who I am and what I'm uh, trying to achieve in this podcast. This is not a classroom in as such, but my teaching comes from the trenches. You know, a lot of people write uh, leadership books and talk about leadership from the point of a professor or the classroom, but they've actually never done it. Well, I've done it for 30 years. And my passion is to give leaders practical help that can help them take their leadership to the next level. So why? People say, Hans, why do you care so much about leaders? Because leaders make things happen. History is a story of leadership. And I've noticed there are more bad leaders than good leaders and bad bosses than good bosses. Do I have all the answers? No. 
Why do I call myself a leadership answer man? Because if I don't have the answers, I can find them. But honestly, I've made so many more mistakes than most of you who are listening. And that's why I have a lot of wisdom to share. I'd like to tell you about a couple of things you might not be aware of that are on my website, HansFinzel.com. Uh, one thing is executive mentoring. I have a number of relationships with executives, C-level executive. It's not coaching it's not counseling. It's what I call executive mentoring. Uh, my process is very organic, and it's focused on answering uh, this question for you. How can I help you? And here's what I do. I don't have a template. I don't have a program. The goal of my mentoring relationships is to offer advice and counsel in a listening ear as you process the challenges you're facing in leadership to share wisdom and advice in key areas of your decision-making and growth as a leader, to be an experienced sounding board for your plans for the next phase of your leadership, and to give you counsel on leaving a great leadership legacy if you're moving toward a time of transition. A number of the leaders that I work with are in their 50s, maybe even early 60s, and, and in addition to what I just shared, those other pieces, they want to leave well, they want to finish well, and they want to leave a legacy. And you know, it's so easy to start well, but it's hard to finish well. The other thing that I do that I love is speaking for leadership events. Uh, I told you about the recent opportunity I had with YWAM in Montana. And I just love to share at leadership retreats, leadership events, even uh, church leadership teams. So you can find all my stuff at HansFinzel.com. And if you're interested in the speaking, just go to my speaking page. The third thing I want to talk about today is overcoming the resistance. I first heard about this principle from Stephen Pressfield, who has uh, written a couple of books, The War of Art, and it's especially for artists, and also Do the Work. And I realize that I'm an artist. Everybody out there who is a, a writer or a speaker is an artist. And if you work for yourself, you're an artist because you struggle with the same thing that a lot of starving artists struggle with. They, they have their art, whether it's speaking, whether it's writing, whether it's music, whether it's coaching. And, and there are a lot of factors in that world that are what he calls the resistance. Uh, this is uh, some of the points he makes about resistance. I just want to share. This has been so helpful for me to understand there are a lot of forces at work. Uh, as I work for myself now, I am my own boss. I work for myself. And if I don't get up on Monday morning, guess what? Nobody cares. Well, maybe Donna cares because she wants me to get up and get out of the house or something. But, you know, if I don't motivate myself, nobody else will. And there are a lot of forces to keep me down. The more important a call or action is to our own soul and our heart and our passion, the more resistance we will feel toward pursuing it. Fear never goes away. The warrior and the artist and solopreneurs like me and like many of you live by the same code of necessity, which dictates that the battle must be fought anew every single day. You know, we need courageous leadership every day. We need courage every day and bravery. Resistance aims to stop you, to kill you. 
It targets the epicenter of our being, our genius, our soul, the unique and priceless gift that we were put on this earth to give and that no one else but us has. We have something to share, but there are a lot of forces against us. The resistance press field says is that invisible destructive force that opposes you any time you try to do something significant or make an improvement in any area of your life. Have you ever felt that resistance? It's real. And guess what? You're not the only one that experiences it. We all do. Resistance is staying in bed instead of getting up to face the day. Resistance is focusing on that one critical comment instead of the 99 great comments. It's staying home instead of going out. It's getting the closet organized instead of getting out there and doing those high payoff activities that you know you should do. Resistance cannot be seen, touched, heard, or smelled. It's a restrictive force, a repelling force. It's negative, and its aim is to distract us and to stop us, and to discourage us, dead in our tracks. The more important our work is, the more the resistance will show up to stop us. So what do you think you should do? Here's some things that help me overcome the resistance and get courageous. And these are the five things that I actually shared with these uh, young people at YWAM in Montana. If you're discouraged, if you feel you can't move forward, or when you have times of discouragement, how do you motivate yourself? How do you get over the resistance? How do you fight the resistance? How do you get up and go? Here's five things that I practice. Number one, trust God. If you're a follower of him, that's the first thing you ought to do. And I claim Philippians 1.6. And I read this verse every single morning. There has never been the slightest doubt in my mind that the God who started this great work and you will keep at it and bring it to a flourishing finish on the very day Christ Jesus appears. Uh, that's from the, the message translation. So first of all, trust God. Number two, trust yourself. And sometimes this is the biggest challenge and our biggest enemy and is ourselves and we self-sabotage ourselves and, and we don't believe in ourselves and other people make us small and we believe them. You've got to learn to believe in yourself. I have a, a series of affirmations about myself. You know, I every morning I try to read some scriptures that uh, remind me of who God says that I am and then the affirmations that I've written about myself of who I know I am that I have written at a time when I really do believe in myself. And so I remind myself that, that I have a lot to offer the planet. And so you have to not only trust God, you have to trust yourself. Number three, remember. This is something I tell my children all the time. My favorite verse in the Bible related to discouragement is the verse that says, and it came to pass. It never comes to stay, and it comes to pass. It will move on. Kind of what Colin Powell said, you know, it will not stay forever. So sometimes you just have to hunker down and wait, and it will go away. Number four, be connected in a community with people that will help you keep going. Whether a master's minds group or a men's group or a women's group, Donna's just joining a new group right now, a group of women that are uh, studying Catherine Lee's ultimate source uh, material, great stuff. It's a great example of a community. Be part of other people because when you're down, they can lift you up. 
And sometimes when they're down, you can lift them up, be connected in community. And along with that is to have some great friends uh, like my friend, Peter Pendel, who I'm connected to, and he believes in me even when I don't believe in myself. And number five, action. Okay, trust God, trust yourself. Remember, it will pass. Be connected in community. And number five, action. Get going. Do the work and the feelings will follow. The greatest way to combat procrastination and gloom and fear is to act and move out. Haven't you seen this time and time again? If you just start doing the work, then the feelings will follow. I find that all the time. Well, in conclusion, I want to give you a couple of famous success stories about courage and determination. Seeing other people succeed in great opposition is encouraging. I'm going to give you three different examples here, and you're going to think, Hans, what a strange pairing of people. Colonel Sanders, Nelson Mandela, and Moses. Colonel Sanders, the founder of Kentucky Fried Chicken, was turned down over a thousand times when he tried to interest others in his recipe for chicken. He drove from town to town, often sleeping in his car, calling on restaurant owners. He strongly believed that the secret recipe would eventually pay off. Well, you know, people said, nobody's, we don't need a chicken store. Nobody's going to buy just chicken. Well, his persistence and believe in himself and his recipe finally paid off in a big way. His tenacity is inspiring, especially when you consider that he found his success when he was 65 years old. I travel the world, and everywhere I go, there are Kentucky Fried Chicken restaurants. And and recently, the colonel's been born again. Have you noticed? He's back on TV. I thought he died, but he's back. (laughs) Well, they found somebody that looks like him, and, and they're doing better than ever. Well, he never shared his secret recipe, but he was willing to share his recipe for success. Here it is. Never quit. Always believe in yourself. Be patient and be positive. Nelson Mandela, the world not too long ago mourned the death of this great world leader. The stunning thing to realize is that he was 72 years of age when he was released after his 26 years in prison. So his encore, his main act in life did not happen until he was 72 years old. He was elected to the presidency of South Africa two years after he was released from prison at age 74, and he served for five years. He enjoyed another decade of prominence and influence before his health forced a full retirement. In fact, they wanted to elect him again, but he said, you know, I'm just probably in my 80s too old. Uh, Donna and I, we just spent Christmas in Cape Town, South Africa. Our daughter, Cambria, and her husband, Max, are they're there. They work with YWAM in South Africa, and uh, what an amazing country. And I'll tell you, he is their George Washington. He put that country back together, and uh, what a tremendous leader. And talk about persistence. All the years he was in prison, he believed he would be released and he would be given the opportunity to bring about a dramatic change for his country. You talk about courage and determination. Well, I told you at the outset of this story about the chairman of my board who was out to get me, and it was a very painful uh, sabotage. 
And during that time, I was drawn to study Moses. Uh, from the example of this great leader who faced more discouragement and opposition than anybody I know in history. And I think the reason I was drawn to him is because I thought, well, gosh, my situation is not as bad as his was. And he just had a horrible, you know, the leader, the follower in the situation. I think he was a great leader, a reluctant leader, uh, but he had a horrible group of followers and he had a rotten situation. <laughs> and isn't that amazing? In fact, it says in Hebrews chapter 3 how rotten these followers was. It says uh, in Hebrews 3, 8 through 10, Do not harden your hearts as when they provoked me, as in the day of trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tried me by testing me and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was angry with this generation and said, They always go astray in their heart. And they did not know my ways. Talk about lousy, lousy followers. And I just admire the, the determination and the courageous leadership that Moses faced. And I just want to read the last thing he said as he passed the baton to Joshua. And he gave Joshua a pep talk about, you know, becoming the next leader of these people. Moses summoned Joshua to him in the presence of all Israel. This is Deuteronomy chapter 31. Go and take the land and do it your way. Moses knew that he would not set in the promised land and it became clear to him that Joshua would succeed him. Uh, he knew how uncourageous most of his followers were and he knew that leaders make things happen. So the younger leader Joshua would have to run with the vision of conquering the land. So Moses imparted the dream and the vision to uh, Joshua, but then he threw down the gauntlet of courage, persistence, determination. And here's what he said, Deuteronomy 31, 7 and 8, be strong and courageous for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their forefathers to give them. And you must divide it up among them as an inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and he will be with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. You can trust him. Remember my first of my five points? Trust him. He's with you and trust yourself. You're a good leader. And the final thing he says is do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Wow. This podcast today is brought to you by the letter D, determination persistence, courage, such an important thing to learn in leadership. This has been Hans Finzel. Thank you for listening to the Leadership Answer Man. Remember that leaders make great things happen. We can always take our leadership to the next level. I hope you keep listening and learning and that you go out there this week and make a difference with your leadership.